Game Boys. What's up, Internet, and welcome to the Game Boys podcast. It's me, your host, Lux, and with me, as always, he's going to be bandwagoning the Lakers for the next four years for $130 million. It's Griffin Davis. Yeah, they pay me to bandwagon. There's not enough fans. Not enough people are excited, so they got to pay someone. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers have, are notoriously short on fans. And I am That's an influencer. Um, I have 541 followers on Instagram, and every single one of them now know to go get a Lakers ticket. Um, um, yeah, they have to now. They're legally obligated because of the contract you signed. Are you excited about this, Lux? Yes or yes and no. I think it's going to be cool to see him in L.A. I don't know what that team looks like. I mean, like, quick NBA basketballer insights. Um, I think oh my God. that team is still not going to be that good with LeBron unless they get one more guy. So it's going to be boring for a year, but it might get interesting. Plus, him, he's never played with, like, young dudes like that for, like, five or six years. So it's going to be an interesting, like, change of pace. Um. So, yeah, if they win every game, I'll be there. Um, cool. As soon as they lose, you're going to bail. <laughs> For a second, the other team makes a basket. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like not even, they could win 120 to 2, and you'd still be like, sorry, boys. Well, I'd be like, oh, the hype was not real. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I thought, yeah. I thought y'all were supposed to be good. All hype. All hype. Um, but uh, enough about basketball. I, I, I guess someone eventually will probably bring on a sports game and want we'll to talk about basketball. But not today. You, Lo- so I'm, I'm looking at Kevin Griffin in our in our video chat camera, and he got he smiled so big when he got to say we weren't going to talk about sports today. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should start uh, live feeding this somehow. But that'll be too much work, guys. We're already doing this every week, and by every week, I mean we'll never let you down. We've been here since from the beginning, and if you think we'll back down for any kind of inconvenience like Lux going out of town like you guys don't know the boys right well that's actually a great segue so I'm recently (laughs) returned from Mexico um which was extremely dope and Griffin I'll tell you the story about what happened when we got to Mexico um so I went with my brother and we flew into to Cancun they drove to like Tulum this small beach town and we're driving and the driver's like uh I'm glad you guys came because like everyone's been canceling their their hotel reservations and not showing up and we were like, why? And he like paused for a second and was like, uh, yeah, you'll see. And so we drove. <laughs> I mean, it, the fact that you stayed in the car uh, even a second longer after that is like you're basically signing your life over. At that what point. was I going to do? Like, oh, yeah, you know, I know how to get around in the middle of a highway in Mexico. That's like a totally like, come on. Like, you got to pick your battles. Right. Yeah. And so we're driving the car <laughs> and we drive. We kind of turn onto the coastline. And I'm like ready for this blue crystal clear water that is like the reason everything there is so expensive. And it is brown. It is brown for miles. It's all brown. And I was like, oh, I guess this is why. And he was like, yep, there's just seaweed washing up and turning all the water dark brown. And no one wants to come here anymore. Oh, no. Cancun well, apparently cancel. Apparently it's going to get better, but it was not better when I was there. And we did not know about it. Also, seaweed is uh, one of the worst things ever invented. If you've ever been caught in seaweed in the ocean, it's I don't, I don't know what instinctually what 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 it sent, takes me. But it takes me back to a dark time. Like maybe it's like a it's like a deep core fear, you know, like yeah. was seaweed killing us a long time ago. No, well, I just think getting grabbed by anything in the water is a Ugh. deep, dark core yeah. fear. Like we're like all born with that nightmare of like a huge crab, like reaching up and grabbing your oh leg and being like, oh, no, you don't get to go home to this day. Like swimming in video games is so scary to me. It's one of the only times in a video game where I can still feel scared is like when I'm swimming in water. It's not even me doing it. I'm just watching a cartoon do it. But like dark, murky water that you have to swim in or, or when they make you dive below the surface 
Get me out of here, guys. Yeah, water is scary. Underwater is like the scariest place. Although I did see a turtle underwater and that was very chill. <laughs> I love a turtle. Um, but anyways, that's that was where I've been. So I've been I love turtle. a turtle. I've played a little bit of Mario Tennis, but not a lot of hardcore games because I've been uh, traveling, taking the ruins and the art of uh, our neighbors to the south. But Griffin, mm-hmm. how about you? I've been finishing up The Last of Us remaster, and I know I talked about that last time, but it's so good. Uh, one side note about the game I wanted to talk about: it's just the uh, the sound design is so good in this game. Like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Just like the the steps, like there's very few games where I'm like uh, uh, like listening to the footsteps and like, oh that sounds good, like the creaking of the floor and just all the little sounds uh i've been actually playing it with my playstation headset just so i can hear all the sounds better uh it's really good there are games that earn that like cinema sacrifice another one where Mm -hmm. like if you play without headphones it's still fine but it's so much better if you throw them cans on yeah you pop them thangs on them ears (laughs) um Um, but yeah uh that's what i've been kind of doing and maybe doing that and then considering starting the witcher 3 again uh just because uh i've been thinking about it and having it on the brain that's a big commitment though it's like it's so good (laughs) it's like studying for the bar exam or something probably equal amount of time (laughs) probably about as hard too yeah and and certainly equivalently important to like the functioning of our society that's for that's for Sure. Culturally, the same value. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, Griffin, here's a proposal. I need to restart that game too, um, because I got the expansions as I someone played them. So, if you start it again, maybe I'll start it again, and we can have some uh, some meet up and chat about it on the podcast time. Some tandem Witcher action, maybe. Um, oh, but, but speaking of games we're playing, mm-hmm. one quick thing. Sure. I need to have a Blood Bowl update. It's been Ugh. two games since the last one. God, that's the, the thing everyone's clamoring to hear about. <laughs> Everyone wants to know what's happening to the Harlem Globalists, and I'll tell you, it's not going well. <laughs> um, we lost our last two games, so now we are uh, not in the playoffs anymore. And uh, struggling, we're trying to get back there, but it's tough. All right, yeah. listeners, and you can tune back in because now the podcast is back on, and we are. T- yeah, I, want, I want to give people time to go to the bathroom since they can't. Since podcasts, you can't pause or rewind them. You have to like, you know. We're, we're going to talk later about this blood bowl thing. <laughs> well, eventually you're going to get it. We're going to play it. And we're going to talk about it. Okay, um, but moving on, we've got a great guest uh, on the podcast this week. Um, he is. A friend from Austin, but now he's a Los Angeles local. It's Michael Allen Lyle. What's up? Bwah, bwah, bwah. Hey, everybody. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome Thanks. to Game Boys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad. stoked to have you here. It's crazy. It's kind of bonkers. We've done this podcast many times. We haven't haven't had you on already since you're one of like the four people that we both know. <laughs> Um, who could be on the show. Um, so that's like a pretty wild twist, but, uh, now you're here and we're happy to have you. And why don't you uh, tell us, tell the people a little bit about yourself, bud. Yeah. Just start from the beginning and just uh, be really specific. Right. right. So tell us when and where you were born to the minute, and then we'll let you know if you're getting too specific. Okay. Um, first there was nothingness. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And then there was a big explosion. Okay. In and my mother's uterus, and uh, <laughs> then I was born later. Just, um, just totally I, roasted his mom at the it, gates. Here we honestly, go. Honestly, the description was, sounded like you were like, I remember my conception, but the birth is pretty blurry. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I have like, I have primordial memories of my conception, but uh, everything else, everything else actually is just blurry. But, sure, um, from, till right now. Up until right now, yeah. So, Michael, what would you describe yourself as? 
because I I know you you are you are a, a renaissance man. You a know, multi hyphenate. Uh, you're a multi hyphenate. Uh, what I, you dabble? I do dabble. What are you currently dabbling with? Uh, right now, um, I mean, I'm I'm acting out here, but I'm also writing and uh, not so much directing. But uh, aside from that stuff, I'm also painting. And uh, I've been doing portraits of people's pets, and that's uh, just kind of like a side business that's been going on right now. But you tell me you've actually been making some some decent money doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been been able to pay the bills somehow with uh, painting people's pets. Uh, but Which is probably, I think, the most L.A. job that could ever possibly. Yeah, that is <laughs> oh, so yeah. fucking Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the only more L.A. job is my job, which is I don't live in L.A., which is just making videos about TV shows. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think like uh, that's the I think you might be the only painter making money in 2018. Yeah, it it <laughs> kind of is beyond me that it's even working out at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's somehow Oh, that and some freelance editing. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of blown away that it works out at all. Uh, aside from that, I've been actually working on a uh, art and poetry book with my friend who lives up in Santa Cruz, and uh, we're hoping to get that out by October. But uh, it's just like my poems and her artwork. She does really good artwork. I'm just going to plug her right now. Please. Uh, her name's Olivia, Olivia Barney, uh, and her Instagram name is Blot Girl, just like at symbol b-l-o-t-g-i-r-l she does really awesome uh abstract pieces of artwork and it's all from uh these like little drops of glue that she drops onto this little plastic thing then she magnifies it and then alters it it's really cool i should check it out god why don't we have her on the podcast right can we get can you call it can we get her on the podcast right now right now (laughs) uh i don't know put her on speaker hold it up to the mic yeah no, I don't know. We've um, done stupider lower tech things on this show. It wouldn't the, by no means is the bar that low or but, necessarily uh, higher than that. Me rather. and Lux both met you in Austin, Texas, though. Right? Yes. 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 Yes, indeed. When was that? Like, like four? Like, well, when did you move out to L.A.? How long ago is that? Uh, I've been here for about four years. So, yeah. And I was in Austin for seven. So. Yeah. Right. Because I met you towards the end of your time in Austin. Um, and then I've. Yeah, seen you a few times since you moved to LA. But uh, what's your so what was it that took you from my charming land of home <laughs> that I feel safe in to the wild, wild west psycho zone where Griffin decided to reside? Real estate. Yeah, I've, I've been getting into real estate, been flipping houses. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I don't know. It was kind of a spur of the moment decision. It was like all, all of my friends. At that time, I, I had done biology in high school and high school in college. And uh, and after that, I was working in a lab. Um, but then I've just always wanted to make films. And I've been that's been like a passion of mine since I was a little kid is to do just creative things. And I was feeling very stilted. And all of my friends are like fully in the film community in Austin. And a lot of them were they they wanted to move out to L.A. And so I saw it as an opportunity. I was feeling kind of in the doldrums over there. And so I just I took off with them. And ever since I've been going back and forth to Austin, though, because I, I do love Austin. And I remember when you guys first went up to L.A., didn't you guys live in like a warehouse with no Internet or something? Oh, yeah, that was that was a place. OK, so <laughs> we gave it a name. It was called Leather Machine. Sure. Uh, just because we just thought it was funny because it looked like it would be a place like that for like, you know, uh, 
not skinheads, but uh, punk punkers and stuff. It looked like a place that you would have like uh, bands come and play and like, you know, people right, like coming a place to- where like a band called like Gorilla Eyes. It's like three guitars and like one bass drum would play. Yes, looks, looks exactly. like a place where you need a mobile hotspot. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we did have a mobile hotspot and it was horrible. Uh, but yeah, we also let's see. It, it was just like completely in this warehouse area of L.A. So we were just surrounded by nothing but these big trucking companies. And uh, we were immediately next to a strip club and we shared a wall with a BDSM porn studio. So we could hear their screams throughout the day. So that was fun. And right. uh, we got to be friends with them. They came over. We'd have like we'd, we'd you know, grill up some uh, hot dogs and stuff. And, and we would invite the stripper workers too. they would come over and hang out. And uh, yeah, it was weird. It was fun. It was a nice introduction to this place. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a fucking scene in a half. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it feels like three scenes smushed together. Um, Just like, yo, we got some hot dogs. Who wants it? We got uh, the adult baby and his mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. This, we got like Mercedes Chrysler and Ford, the three strippers from around the corner. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, that sounds fucking incredible. Yeah, that was that. fun. I think that's what you have to do, though, when you move to LA, is I think you have to have that, uh, that CD LA experience at least once, at least for like a year. I think um, it's always kind of weird to me when people are like, I'm moving to LA, and then they move to like Burbank or something like that. Uh, no. It's like, hey, you're not really in LA. I mean, technically the county, but it's like you got to have that dirty experience, you know, no, especially like, when you're young. It's like land on, you know, you're taking a dive, and if you land on a, a cushion, uh, you're not going to be ready for anything else that comes along. We just hit the pavement just as hard as we could <laughs> um, and uh, got a little bloody. Um, but well, ne- fit figuratively, blood never hurt nobody. <laughs> no, um, except for like a hemophiliac or something, I guess. But they'll, you know, they have enough problems that they're not going to be offended by my podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you've been so you've been out there in LA, but then to flash back a little bit, like, so what's your your video game life been? So now that you've, I guess you know you're you've gone from bio to working in a lab to becoming like an actor guy out there living with uh, BDSM and prostitute people eating hot dogs. Oh, yeah. But throughout all that, you've been playing games the whole time as you're like gaming changed. Like, where is that in your life? Uh, I, I've been playing video games since I was a little a wee a wee lad. Um, I was playing mostly with my cousins. We would we would always gather at we my whole family would gather at my grandparents house every single day for dinner. We were like a big Italian family. So it's that kind of, you know, union unity there. Uh, and we would play video games every single time. And we would back then it was Nintendo 64. We played a lot of, uh, you know, Star Fox and Super Mario and Zelda and, uh, Bomberman. We loved Bomberman oh, yes. and, uh, Diddy Kong racing. And, um, uh, yeah. And then just as, as time went on, I just wanted to play every video game that ever existed. And my, <laughs> my cousin, um, my older cousin, Carlo, he would always play video games with me. Like he, we, we would dive into the more like first person games and, or not. Sorry, one player games. Some of them were first person. A lot of them were third person. But uh, he's kind of the one that got me into uh, like RPGs and these like really weird, complicated games. Like he loved Armored Core and we would play that together. Yeah, sure. Uh, Oh, and flashback. uh, Man, sense memory. Yeah. (laughs) Griffin's having a real like a nom episode over there. (laughs) 
Uh, armored core armored core it was fun he was way better at it than me because it was too much like reading and like little tiny specific it was like putting together a car engine almost Mm -hmm. like yeah i was not good uh, at it as a child i was terrible it it. was very mysterious to me how any of it worked no it was (laughs) bizarrely complicated for a ps2 game uh but yeah we would play those games and um just got super into it. I mean, to this day, like if I go and I mean, he's 30 now and I'm 28. But if we if we go if I go over to his house and uh, hang out, it always just leads to video games and just diving into the steam hole, you know, um, sure, the steam hole in which Griffin and I have uh, built houses and reside in permanently. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not on steam as much. I, I wish I was. It'd be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, Steam is do- well. I, that's the thing is Steam's not actually cheaper because like they're really good at being like, oh, you bought this game. Here's an indie game that's really similar and costs eight bucks, and you're like, oh, I could buy that. But then they trick you doing that like six times a month, and all of a sudden you spent fifty, seventy dollars. You didn't mean to. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Michael is uh, one of my favorite current gamers because he is an early Switch adopter. Um, you know, oh, yeah. early Switch adopter in the oh, times yeah. where you know I was one of the only people that had a Switch. He was one of the only people that had a Switch too. Uh, and there was there was a brotherhood and a union kind of around that. I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and I'm excited to see oh, where yeah. it goes from here. Are you playing anything on the Switch right now? We we were Switch pioneers, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I like to see us. We blazed a trail, an Oregon yeah. trail. We were the Lewis and Clark of uh, N- Nintendo Switch. I mean, that checks out because Griffin bugging me about getting a Switch is like the main reason I got a Switch as fast as I did. So I'd be willing to say that y'all y'all really have made a difference. <laughs> Is Nintendo a sponsor? Uh, No, no. We're we're working on it. (laughs) Yeah, Nintendo's a sponsor. That's why I've audio split our headphones. Oh, okay. We do Nintendo ads on spec, so eventually they'll notice and just let us do one for real. That's why it's 95 degrees in my living room right now. Um, Okay, cool. So we've talked a little bit about our Switch love, but we need to talk about an old love of yours, and I think we need to get into it with a little bit of history. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Nostalgia is defined as a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. In the year 2000, the PlayStation 1 was on its last legs of the console generation. The Japanese developer Square had released Final Fantasy 7 and 8, two games set in futuristic settings, but wanted to end its reign on the PlayStation by taking the series back to its roots. The new game distinctly broke from the futuristic styles, reintroducing a medieval setting that was used for the first six games. The plot centers on the consequences of a war between nations and a medieval fantasy world called Gaia, while switching focus from multiple protagonists. As the series' last game on the PlayStation Square envisioned a reflection on the older games of the series. It is often cited by critics and fans as the one of the best Final Fantasy games and holds the highest Metacritic score of the series and has sold over 5.5 million copies worldwide. But can the desire for nostalgia impede creative pursuits or give new life and meaning to cherished pasts? I'll let the Game Boys decide with Final Fantasy 9. Damn. Yeah, you're Damn. 9. Well said. Final Fantasy 9. And they've made like 56 more since then. <laughs> they have, yeah. So the question that uh, me and Lex have first is, mm-hmm. why? Uh, uh, why not? <laughs> um, oh, oh, fair. Why, why, why is this my favorite well, why, Final Fantasy? There's yeah, so exactly. many Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And we'll, I'll talk about my favorite one later. I'm wondering why this is your, like, why this one? There's, there's controversial ones. There's ones wildly beloved. There's ones people don't like. Um, But... 
this one feels like it's people like it, but it's just kind of like a greatest hits. You could call it that. I mean, I the reason why it's my absolute favorite. I mean, granted, I haven't played any Final Fantasy after 10. I played most of the the older ones like and then six, seven uh, and then nine. I, I played all, pretty much all of them up until uh Oh, I haven't played 11 on, basically. So I haven't played any of the new ones. Um, Definitely check out uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, I love Kingdom Hearts. Yes! Oh, Kingdom so Hearts is amazing. Gonna... Yes! Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. All right. I'm in, I was in a similar boat until recently. I'd only played the first 10. Then I played 15, went back, and started playing the older ones. So you haven't checked out 15, the one for PlayStation 4? No, no. Uh, I mean, I'm open to it. I just have never really had the chance to sit down and do that. Okay, I've... but so you haven't played the newer ones, but did you play the ones leading up to 9? Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's like seven is the one people talk about a lot. I right. Feel like. Right. Um, there's some six. I, I did not favorite. play eight. I did not play eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it, but for some reason, I, I I think the disc I had was super scratched up as a kid, and I just never like. I was a kid, and I couldn't convince you know my parents to give me money to buy another one. Oh, yeah. remember those? Remember those ugh, crappy machines that claim could fix your disc? Oh, and they scratched it up. Yeah, the, you crank those, the little thing. Yeah, you crank. Those, oh, the little crank. God, those pissed me off so what? much. There were, six, there were so many versions of that, and also all the urban legends about how to do it, where people were like, "Put some toothpaste on that bad boy and yeah. rinse it off." Yeah, it was like, paste. You know, this oh no. uh, ga- gamers today have like that are growing up in this new generation like have no idea like the the kind of like w- like uh, wood shop almost activities <laughs> you would do uh, for like I remember baking my Xbox 360 like to try and get uh, it to not be ex- red ring excuse me what oh I remember that you would bake it yes yeah, so you, you put you it would, in an oven you would wrap it in towels and then put it in either in an oven or next to a heater. Cause what you wanted to do was you want the, the, the Xbox would red ring. And I don't take my word for this. This is the urban myth that I heard, but the Xbox would red ring because it would overheat and then the circuits would melt and become dislodged. So the goal of baking the 360 was to re reheat it so hot that they start melting again and melt them back together. Um, so I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah, that's I, I mean, definitely I not how that works. It for, worked for, for me for like a couple days and then it red ringed again. No, seriously, I would bake my 360. It worked would, once and then never worked again, but that didn't stop me from baking. And if it didn't work, you could eat it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fumes alone made me feel like I was playing a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry to derail, but what I'm we're curious about, the, the, real, the real question, at least from my perspective, is why nine and why not six or seven? So I really love both six and seven. Um, and seven is like always kind of the obvious choice when people say like, you know, which one stands out above the rest or whatever. But for me, nine really does, because I think, uh, in a lot of ways they combined everything that was good about seven and everything that was good about the older ones. And they also had a unique story that was kind of a departure from the way the series was going, which was like seven six and seven and eight they were all like this this um not cyberpunk but kind of cyberpunk is a futuristic setting yeah yeah yeah. it was very futuristic they had a lot of like uprisings against evil corporations and all this sort of thing and um which is cool but then nine took it 
to this fantastical place where it was like you start off and you're this you're this thief who's been hired to 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 act in a play to act in a play <laughs> and to kidnap someone and all you know is that these are your orders this is what you're doing and it turns into this big long odyssey yeah it's an epic saga and it, and it comes to the this like bizarre conclusion yeah the amount of story and plot and things that happen in like in just the first 10 minutes yeah is a bunch like this game has thing shit happens it, it hits the fan Constantly. immediately um th- there isn't a surprising amount of story in this game i guess in all final fantasy games they're par for that course but uh I, I was watching a story recap and the shortest one was like 35 minutes long yeah uh yeah. and just in the first 10 minutes like eight movies had happened <laughs> pretty much yeah it, it, it's like um it's like this big it, <laughs> Some of the plot points are bizarre to me just because, you know, they kind of meander a little bit. But I do love that it's so uh, layered in a way like you 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 think that it's one thing at, at the first 10 minutes and you're like, oh, I see how this is going. This is a very Shakespearean thing. Like you you think this one thing about this character and it's different. And then the next disc happens mm-hmm. and then it just completely flips it on its head and then. Oh, this was a multi-disc game back this in the day? This was four discs. Oh, yeah. oh, so it was long, cool. and I remember being so satisfied whenever I got... It was like, yeah. the little screen came up, and it was like, please put in disc two. And I was like, God, I did it. Oh, yeah. wow. I, I know this doesn't yeah. make any sense technologically anymore, but I would love for them to do that more. Totally. Particularly because exactly the thing you said, uh, Michael. Like Every time... I would be playing a game and be like, insert the next disc. There's like this overwhelming sense of accomplishment. Like, yeah, chapter this, completed. This, this disc has nothing left for me. I've defeated it. I'm yeah. ready to move on. You snap it in half. Yeah. You snap it in half and you feed <laughs> it to your dog. Oh, yeah. I would always break it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. You have no, to throw you it in the microwave. It, you can't. Yeah. yeah. Leave Just no play trace. it once. No, you play it once. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. no going uh, back. Leave no, leave nothing but footsteps. And move on. <laughs> and 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 as as the boys, it. I was in Boy Scouts, so as they say, you leave no trace. So yeah. <laughs> you incinerate everything, and yeah, right, exactly. You so leave no trace that there ever was the a forest that you camped in. You just burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What forest? Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. I've never been camping. What is a tent? Um, no, but one thing you mentioned with nine that I think is really true is that seven and eight are pretty good, but they don't. The reason six is my favorite is because six is like the most ambitious story structure. Like the way you get halfway through and then the bad guy wins and the second half of the game is like figuring out how to defeat this guy who's like become the all powerful evil monarch trying to stop. Yeah. And seven and eight are cool, but they don't have that kind of like turning multi layered changing kind of narrative. And they do bring that back for nine in a really cool and good way going from like, you know, you're a thief trying to rescue this girl. But it turns out the girl or trying to kill this girl. But it turns out the girl wants to be kidnapped and then people are yeah. chasing you and then. There's a bad guy who's selling guns, but then it turns out that he's not even the real bad guy because there's another planet. Yeah. And like it gets crazy dense. And it's it is an impressive piece of, of storytelling uh in that in that respect for sure. And also like in every classic this is an anime, but it's like in classic anime fashion, you have to kill God at the end of it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Right. Or or at least some like massively powerful being that yeah. is way beyond you, you mm-hmm. know. But this game is about kind of about brothers right like aren't they aren't isn't aren't those two characters brothers yeah how spoilery how spoilery totally everything's fine oh okay okay yeah um yeah they it's really strange the main character and the main villain during most of it uh 
they were they yeah they were created at the same time by this like beings from this other world that's trying to merge with Gaia. The other world is called Terra, and it, it, it's like this broken world that that all of its inhabitants can't survive anymore, so they go dormant. Sure. Yeah, they want to steal the other planet, and they sent two people to do it. But yeah. there's a good one and a bad one. There's a good one and a bad one. One one is kind of more free will, or they both have free will, but one has more of a like. Uh, um, it's kind of like Goku and Raditz. Yeah, or Vegeta. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but Goku and Raditz yeah. are brothers. Yeah. Raditz didn't get hit on the head as a kid. Goku got hit on the head as a kid. <laughs> Goku also has a tail. So does Zidane, the I main do, character. I do like that, that lore point that all, all it takes to be good is a concussion. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that's why I'm so great, because I've had five. <laughs> right. You keep hitting yourself in the head. Yeah. I don't, you know, it just keeps happening to me, and I just get a little better every time. Yeah. <laughs> more, more pure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like brothers sent for the same purpose, but taking different paths. Yes. And uh, yeah, and one's the main character, Zidane, he, uh, who as a kid I used to call Zidane, because I didn't know, mm-hmm. they didn't say the names, it was all text. text yeah. So. Uh, but Zidane, he just didn't, he forgot, like he has, he had amnesia and he forgot who he was. So he just thought he was this, uh, actor in a ragtag group of, uh, uh, players in a, in a flying wooden ship. Um, but yeah, I thought it was so cool that it goes from this like interesting, uh, this backdrop of this techno, more technological version of the Italian Renaissance. Like that's how everything looks. Yeah, definitely. And, and I love those aesthetics, but then, uh, and you think, okay, so this is going to be kind of like those older final fantasies where it's, it's, uh, you know, you're a valiant knight or something, or, or you're this, you're this, you're this guy who's, who's, uh, very pure. And, and I mean, Zidane's very pure, but to, to have this reveal of this bizarrely dark past and that he's like some creation by this alien species just to be a vessel for their lives to happen after they take over the world. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. I like it. No, it's, it's totally cool. It's also cool. Like in the sense of like a lot of those games, the main characters feel like almost the opposite. Like they're destined to be the guy at the end of the game, saving the day. And this one feels like, the opposite like he was not supposed to be here right like he just like sort of accidentally ends up there which is always like sort of the most interesting types of heroes the heroes who like don't know they're supposed to be heroes or don't want to be heroes yeah and i think that's my favorite theme that runs throughout the whole thing that goes for every single character because all the main characters that you play as they're all very interesting and it's all because i've i realized uh none of them think that they're supposed to be what they're supposed to be like you have the uh, soldier character definitely the soldier character what's his name Steinhardt? Steiner 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 yeah. yeah Steiner he he thinks that he's supposed to be this like you know perfect knight but he he is just bumbling and he, he can't get it quite done and then Garnet who become her name is her nickname is Dagger later on she's the princess she's she uh thought that she was going to be this you know princess next in line for the uh the crown of alexandria but her mom just kept her around because she could she had this innate ability to summon these big monsters and so <laughs> she she wasn't even it's supposed like, to be there you're, like I, I normally i'd put you out on the you're 18 normally i'd say get a job or I'll put you in the street or start paying rent but yeah. you're summoning all yeah. these demons you got this horn on your so, forehead and you can summon <laughs> these bizarre demons no, and you've, she, got and, the, you've got the Eidolon hookup like got the Eidolons and she she was she was adopted by this big scary looking queen um 
for that purpose. But then, and then also Vivi, the little black mage, he's, he's got like the big hat and he's got like the little, little eyes. Um, he was actually one of these, uh, these like dolls that they brought to life that, that, uh, the evil people were, were using to take over the world. And right, they make him with like mist or whatever. Yeah, they used mist uh, because Kuja, the main villain, he he was the like weapons dealer and he was basically taking all this mist pouring out of this giant tree in the planet to uh, create these soldiers, these like dolls, these these li- like mindless dolls to go and just and take over everything. And Vivi was one of these these little dolls that became sentient and it just became self-aware. And he's just like becomes so terrified at the notion he meets a bunch of other self like, i like vivi because vivi is in kingdom hearts 2 oh he is in kingdom hearts 2 yep oh man <laughs> he's, oh, he's in twilight town he's, he's, he's well, actually it's it that's a vivi's a really good 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 point to bring up especially because like there's also speaking of like kind of recurrent things there's a lot of like bad guys in this game creating empty shells to fill up with their own souls. Like yeah, Kuja does that with Vivi and his people. That's also uh, what's the name Garland's whole plan is to like make a bunch of these creepy automatons and merge Terra and Gaia and fill them up with uh, Terra and souls. Yeah, like there's a lot of this weird like the game very strongly believes that like the mod the body and soul are very separate things. Yeah, and that you can like put one into something else and move things around. But I think is a really cool idea and the kind of thing that you don't. Like that's one thing about the Final Fantasy games. They like they're long enough and committed enough to their story to bring out ideas like this in a way that very few other games like have the time or energy to do. Yeah. Um, which is part of what makes them so cool. And also the fighting's really good in this one. Yeah. I mean, for turn I mean a lot of people get turned off by turn based stuff, but, but this is uh this is uh attack time battles gauges. Right. So actually right. it's like more time based. Yeah, it is yeah, you have to time it right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a little bit of a departure. I, I know they had that in one of the earlier versions, but they brought it back for this one, uh, which makes right. I think it, turn based a little bit more exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's like a modified version of the like sort of timer system from, I think, seven. Right. With like some of the limit break stuff tied in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, like the story is is cool, um, but uh, I feel like this game is popular because it's inoffensive. And like there's a lot of Final Fantasy games that take risks and some people love them and some people hate them. There's usually like a lot of like bipolar takes around Final Fantasy games. And I feel like this one decided to just like make a game for the fans. Like, let's just like take the technology and the things we've learned and like and like give you the feelings of the earlier games again, but just like kind of like revamped. And I feel like that's why it's very popular it's because like it doesn't do anything new to the final fantasy formula yeah it's like they perfected it's the last one on the ps1 so they're like right. we can't add any more to the ps1 engine like yeah yeah this is the best possible ps1 thing we can do and that's i don't know i mean i don't know if you feel the same way michael but i kind of agree with griffin like this was just them like being like well we don't need to like change anything we just need to do the best version of what we have which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing no yeah and it's like almost like a, a lesson sometimes it's like fans don't always want you to reinvent the wheel like they just like they just want a nice fun platform something that they know they like and if the story is good then it's just like well then yeah it can be it can sell 5.5 million copies yeah i mean they they definitely didn't do anything terribly innovative with like uh i guess the the 
way that the battle systems go or or anything like gameplay wise but i I do think story wise they took some pretty interesting turns sure definitely Um, definitely multiple protagonists thing well that but then also just like the emphasis i I just i think it got to this i guess all final fantasies take this existential turn at some point but i feel like this one got particularly existential because it it heavily questioned what it means to die and what it means to live some kind of uh, um, life that's in good faith, like some kind of of being being who you say you are as opposed to what you've been ordained to be. It, it, I feel like it, it. I mean, maybe this is also just nostalgia speaking for me because that that got me thinking pretty heavily as a 10 year old whenever I started playing it. And I it. It made me very uncomfortable, especially all the VV stuff uh, going over to that little that little town where you're talking to the other dolls that have been brought to self-awareness. And they are all like they're all coming to terms with the fact that they they stop functioning after a while, that they're that they're going to die. And I remember as a kid stopping the game for a little while because it was scaring me so much. Um, yeah, I, I remember that freaked me out when I was a kid. I remember my. Yeah, that was free- the game does like. It wears its themes on its sleeves in a really aggressive way, especially to kids, and especially like I feel like American kids, like because the only there are other Japanese RPGs that get into some shit like the Shin Megami Tensei games and stuff. But like we didn't necessarily have those in like the time frame when like Final Fantasy Nine was available to kids like you and me. And so this was like one of the only games that was out there being like, oh, I'm going to blow your fucking mind with some shit. Yeah. That we were like, we're frankly not ready for. Like, I remember. Final Fantasy VI came out and I played that and at that halfway point when things get dark I like had to just like stop I was like this isn't how movies and games go like this is yeah. all fucked up like this is all fucked up and wrong like no thank you yeah um and then I went back and finished it but like those games do take those risks I think you're right that nine well it doesn't take like any like doesn't like take a structural risk or a mechanical risk but it's right. like a thematic risk and like being down to be like this game's fun but like here's some insanely sad shit for you to like think about yeah children it, yeah no i i agree and i i think i think you're very right griffin in that yes thank you in that uh in this, over. in this one <laughs> thing this is the only thing you're right about no uh but i think you're right about the fact that they were making this as their last their their Final Fantasy, uh, last Final Fantasy of PlayStation One, and they wanted to make it as much of a like fan service thing as possible. So they brought in all the elements of the old ones. But I think what they ended up like, even though that intention is a little bit, you know, uh, not hackneyed, but, you know, kind of like that. I think what resulted was something really cool and very individual out of like all of them. and uh and also so many of these games don't tell a coherent story and from what i've seen from this story it's like it's a little bit meandering at times but overall is pretty cool and doesn't like ever completely drop the ball like other entries into the franchise have later yeah no it it, so i mean something to be said for that just consistency in in story is is not always a final fantasy trademark yeah i I think i think yeah i think overall what what attracted me to this game so much is the uh aesthetics the visuals and yeah, for sure and the writing uh so yeah when you play when you play games generally this is something that griffin and i end up talking about a lot when you play games generally are you in it more for the story and stuff or in it more for like the mechanical like action of playing kind of thing i i've always been more attracted to the story of different games and oh hell um, yeah me too I, I uh-huh. even if it looks bad, I, I, like maybe because like, I know that some games you, you revisit them or whatever, and 
by today's standards, it looks like crap, whatever. I, I, I still fully enjoy those things just because of the story. Yeah, I am. I feel pretty similarly. I know I can get mechanically frustrated with games that are overcomplicated. That's part of why I like the older Final Fantasy games is that like, even though they're not mechanically innovative, like the mechanics all work. Like that's why I turn. That's why I like turn-based combat is that like, I don't have to worry about like jumping speeds and bouncing <laughs> yeah, around, yeah. like how yeah. movement works. I can just yeah. be like, Oh, I want to punch this dude. Uh, sure. Yeah, I do. In fact, I do. I <laughs> would like to punch or, this dude. Or I'll punch God. him in 25 minutes. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what really, uh, really tease me off. That's ticks me off. Okay. Thank uh, you for breaking uh, it down. It's T stands for tick. You don't have to censor yourself here. You can, you can say that. It really peeves me. Okay. Sorry. I went there. Okay. It Oof. peeves me. Apology off. accepted. Yeah. Uh, what really, really gets my goat is this is recording though. We are recording this in in <laughs> in modern games. Uh, whenever you really want this next story thing to happen, and there's a ladder, and the ladder for some reason nobody can get ladder mechanics right. Like you're always, I always end up like falling off of the ladder or going up too fast, and I like somehow launch up. And anyway, and just a little a little rant. No, hey. you're not. You're not wrong. Like there's all kinds of. It's true that the, the, the modern games have like tried to bring in some like making like to minimize the way in which mechanics feel different than real life. But in doing that have like added all these weird bugs that are definitely not part of real life. And it sort of backfired. Like there's no way there's no way in which Final Fantasy approximates anything that happens to you on a day to day basis. No, um, yeah. but it fits within itself. And then in a way that like games like The Last of Us do try to like feel kind of real. Right. Um, and once in a while, we'll have weird glitchy stuff happen that is ends up taking you out of it. So I feel like there's are, a, a are you strange... are you like defending glitches right now? No, I'm saying <laughs> that what as games get more mechanically complicated, glitches happen more often. When you have a mechanically simple game like Final Fantasy, you don't get glitches because there's nothing to glitch because there's like not that much happening. You know, guys, add a few more glitches to your game. I don't know if I like this whole no like glitch thing Lux listening. is talking about. I feel like you weren't <laughs> listening to what I said. That's okay. That's normal. Glitches are really funny in games like Skyrim or something. Where yeah, they're the best. Like somebody just appears in the sky or, you know, because they're all on the rim. On the rim. Yeah. On the rim of the sky. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. Boom. Title drop. We've talked about that in like Madden and wrestling games too. Weird like physics mechanics of people going through <laughs> each other. Yeah. Or like flying away. Yeah. Um, before our, our audience flies away, let's take a quick commercial break. Are you a big, buff, corn-fed, masculine figure? A paragon of dick-swinging justice? Well, I bet you feel like I do, and that's that this world's got no place for you. And that means we need to make a place all our own. And that's why we started in the middle of Idaho, a little place we like to call Man Town. It's man town. The only food we serve is steak. The only drink is beer. And the only motor vehicle is a motorcycle. There ain't no other way getting around, brother. And what do we watch for sports? Only defensive plays on football and wrestling. That's all we got. And none of that WWE shit. I'm talking Greco-Roman wrestling. Oh, I'm talking wrestling in a, in a unitard. Talking wrestling on the ground in a, in a one piece. Yeah, and we don't own dogs. We own alligators. And we call them our sons. Oh, yeah. We don't have kids, no girls allowed, no way to reproduce. We got alligator sons and we got donkey husbands. No, but not husbands, not here. No, sir, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. Just a bunch of single men, very tough and heterosexual here in Mantown. So come to Mantown where no woman will ever find you. And no one else will neither. Finally, a safe place for men. 
All right, Internet, we're back with the Game Boys podcast. It's me, Lux, and as always, your co-host, Griffin Davis, and joining us from the before in the podcast, it's still Michael Allen Lyle. We are here talking about Final Fantasy IX. We have gone and talked about most of the stuff, so now it's time for us to rate this game, boys. Um, here's how that works, Michael. What's going to happen is this. Uh, we are going to go in a circle starting with you, and we're going to rate this game on a scale from one to five joysticks and give some final thoughts about how good it is and why you give it the rating you give it. Um, so you can start and then I uh, will go and then I guess Griffin. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll give it five out of five joysticks. Um, because it's uh, a perfect game. It's a perfect. Ga- okay, fine. All right. Yeah. If, if <laughs> five out of five joysticks is like some perfect time, game <laughs> in my heart, it is a five out of five because <laughs> I love it so much personally. But yeah. Okay. If I want to be objective about it, I'll say 4.5 out of five joysticks. Because Yeah. Go. It has some flaws. <laughs> sure. Because humans made it. Uh, but no, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like a, it's, it's kind of like, um, fan service a little bit but uh i think it has really solid visuals music story and characters and it won me over yeah i mean i'm actually gonna give the same rating i'll also go to 4.5 out of 5 and i'll go like yeah i think it's great i think it's nearly a perfect game i think the biggest reason i don't give it a 5 is that's not final fantasy 6 like it's just like i there's another version of this game that exists that i think is a slightly better version of a lot of the things that are in this game so i can't give it a full five because that game is real yeah But like otherwise, like I think there's nothing it's trying to do that it fails at doing like it does everything exactly how it wants to. Um, It just there's another game that was like, I want to do the same thing. So I'll do it a little better. And somehow also I'm older than this. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. This is weird. But it's I mean, but it's still like a phenomenal game. And I will say the one thing it has over six is that, like you said, the character arcs and the character, the the depth of the characters in, in nine is like pretty even like 10, 11, 12 don't really quite get there. Yeah. Like they don't really get back to that kind of depth until like later in the series anyway. Like nine really sets a pretty high bar for the character development in the series. And so like that's pretty worthy. So I'll give it four and a half joysticks out of five. All right. Um, so I like this game. And after having to, to like learn about the story and, and hearing about the music that I was reading about a lot, too. We forgot to about, talk about that, but the music's really great. Um it, it's like, oh, this seems like a really like, you know, solid Final Fantasy game. And uh, most Final Fantasy games, you know, they're pretty up and down, in my opinion. I think some of them are good. Some of them aren't. Um, but the thing that I've always liked about the Final Fantasy franchise is the crazy risks it takes. I think it takes some really weird choices and like commits to them really hard. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of Final Fantasy 15 with this like boy band uh, that you ride around in a car and, and and that whole experience of feeling like you're on a road trip or like I think it's 12 where you're actually like three pop singers trying to save the world. I'm not sure if that's 12 or not. Yeah, I think, I think um, so. And then 10 is like and then 10 has yeah. sports in it. And tennis sports in it and and seven like said we're not waiting for 3d to be ready we're ready now you know <laughs> and and i think that like those games uh took risks not just in gameplay but in like the medium itself of video games um and i don't think that like nine can really stand on the same cliff with those guys uh for better or for worse even if they're in more imperfect games in some way uh so for that i think that final fantasy is gonna have a 3.5 out of 5 for me Woof, which is a great score i mean five out of five is perfect 
All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It is a it is a good score. These are um, hey, these have uh, a big consequences. These ratings. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're listening. The Game Boys. <laughs> the Game Boys bump one to three people might buy this game depending on our rating. It could bump it up to a four point five. You know, um, if I if I play it and and something changes, I think. Or, it, well, it, that sounds that seems good. But now that we've rated this game. It's time for everyone's favorite segment made entirely out of segments. That's right. It's time for the segment segment. And I think, Griffin, you're kicking us off this time with I'm not even sure which segment. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yes. It's time for <laughs> Riddle Me This. That's right. Guys, I am a popular video game character from a major franchise. And you have three riddles to guess who I am. Oh, boy. Don't let this voice confuse you. There's <laughs> nothing to do with the character. <laughs> What's um, happening to your throat? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, guys. That's better. I think what's going to happen is I'm changing Riddle Me This. Now, only Michael can guess, but he can also phone a Lux for help. Okay. Oh, you like that for the last show? Anyways. I have one lifeline. Riddle, riddle one. I am a sorcerer that hails from a distant land. I am a god, or at least that's my plan. Holy shit. Uh, sorcerer that hails from a distant land. I am a god. At least that's my plan. Uh, and, you know, we can move on to second riddle. You can just throw out a guess to whittle it down. Sorcerer. Ah, shit. Is this like a, a pretty popular game? I'm a popular video game character from a, a major <laughs> franchise. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> fuck. You can just, and again, this is like you have guesses. You have three guesses, oh, so like you can just oh, like start, okay. you can start whittling it down. You can it's, just it's, throw it's not up. it's not kratom from God of War. Kratos from God. <laughs> kratom. It's not it's kratom. Uh, 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 it's not, you're not on kratom I'm right not, now. I'm not Kratos, God of War. Okay. Kratos is not a sorcerer. That's true. Um, but right. he does do kind of do magic. Riddle so number like that's two. A reasonable guess. The embodiment of evil. I take many forms. Sometimes I'm a human. Sometimes I'm a boar. Wait, is this two different people, or is this? This is the same character. Oh, okay. Okay, run that by me again. Sorry. Okay. The embodiment of evil. I take many forms. Sometimes I'm a human. Sometimes I'm a boar. You're Ganon. Oh, and I riddle number two gave it away. Didn't even have to phone a Lux for help. That's right. I am the evil sorcerer Ganondorf from the popular franchise Legend of Zelda. I know that one. I really should have written a more vague riddle. The the boar gives it away. I mean, everyone knows he's a boar, right? Yeah, he's notoriously a big pig. All right. Well, that's my segment. Let's move on to Lux's segment. <laughs> all right. Well, look, all right. Now it's time for everybody's favorite game about making choices about video games and what you want to do with them. That's right. It's time for Play It, Slay It, Delay It. So here's how this works. I have found the copy for three games. This week's theme is RPGs released in the year 2000. And I will read you the copy of each of these games. And then you choose whether you want to play it, as in play it right away. So you pick each one. Get, you get to pick one for each. So you can either play it, play it right away, slay it, as in throw it in the trash, or delay it, as in save it for later. Is this um, like fuck, marry, kill? It's not dissimilar. It's, and it's more. Perhaps it's more progressive. By. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're all gonna get through this, but these are your games. So, <clears throat> flashback to the year 2000 with Breath of Fire 4. Breath of Fire 4 is a single-player game that continues the story with these dragon people who gave their lives to eradicate the evil goddess and restore peace in their world. Next. Digiworld 2. Akira lives in Digital City, where Digimon used to live peacefully. However, wild Digimon began attacking Akira's hometown, and Akira joins a guard team that is charged with protecting their region. Digivolving is one of the game's most interesting and difficult parts to understand. 
<laughs> That's from oh, the they wrote oh, it. They wrote sorry, Digivolving made me almost knock my my glass I over. I was reading the copy for that, and I was like, "Why is this at the end?" They, I like, forgot about whole, Digivolving. <laughs> Digi, uh, and, and just the whole Digi atmosphere of of that. It's temporary, right? The Digivolving, like it it goes yeah, away. Yeah, back. and that's actually something I I kind of I kind of liked more, uh, more than Pokemon. You know, is that your friend? You know, is still your friend? You know, forever. Yeah, Pikachu can be Raichu for a little bit, but not forever. Anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Finally, Thank you. we Finally, have someone says it. Summoner. <laughs> Somebody finally Summoners said it. Have- Summoners have toppled empires and challenged gods. They have venerated as saviors and feared as destroyers, with the rings crafted by the ancient Hosani. The gifted can call forth demons, dragons, and elementals, but only the strongest can control the forces they unleash. So to recap, we've got Breath of Fire 4, Digiworld 2, and Summoner. Which are you going to slay, which are you going to play, and which are you going to delay? Okay. Breath of Fire 4, I remember when that came out, and I never actually played it, but I have a copy of it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I want to play it. Uh, it's just kind of sitting on my PS3 right now. Um, the third one sounds pretty interesting. I don't know why I've never heard of that. Uh, I'm going to say... Wait, so slay, play, and delay? Yeah. Delay is just play it later? Yeah, like save it for later. Like, it's not urgent, but like, it seems okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll play Breath of Fire 4. I'll delay the summoner thing and then i'll i'll go ahead and slay digimon because i don't know it's not not a big digimon guy uh, but digimon are the champions all right griff dog what's you get what you got uh, thank you lux for mentioning a very important point digimon are digital monsters digimon are the champions uh change into digital champions to save the digital world wow <laughs> uh so i think this is a clear and cut decision I'm going to play Digimon. I forgot about the other two games because all I could think about was Digivolving. All right. Classic Griffin answer. Um, there's a reason <laughs> why we host a podcast together. I'm also going to play Digiworld for sure. Yes. Um, but I will uh, I will slay Summoner and delay Breath of Fire 4 because reading about it, I liked Breath of Fire 4. It sounded cooler than Summoner. Oh, no, and no, honestly, I'm sorry. I'm going to delay Summoner. <laughs> I'm going to delay Summoner because that sounds great too. Yeah. And then I'll... I'll, I'll uh, I'll slay summoner, slay or I'll uh, delay uh, fire and slay summoner. Guys, isn't um, this honestly, the best segment? <laughs> here's the thing about you guys: I saw the summoner box art, and it looks terrible. So, uh, uh, Lux, what we should do at the end of every year is call all of our guests for an episode and be like, "So you played these, right? You, you didn't just oh lie my to God, us." We should <laughs> do that. We should absolutely do that. Um, but this has been another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us. Can you tell the people uh, where they can find you on the internet, if there's anywhere you want to be found or any stuff you want to plug? Um, you can find my paintings on uh, at Pets by Michael, just Pets by Michael. And uh, my other Instagram is it's it's Bockle. That's because my nickname is Bockle. Just cool. Michael with a B. But yeah, sure. it's like it's and then B-A-C-H-A-E-L. Um, yeah. All right, Griffman. Um, you can find me following him on Twitter at Shut Up Griffin or uh, Griffin Shut Up on the other ones. And but the most important one, the place, the last safe space for people like us, the place you go to kick back and heal, is Game Boys Pod on Instagram. It's a rough world out there, and sometimes. You just need some gamer memes. Yeah, you absolutely do. And you can also find those uh, a little bit of content on our Facebook page. You'll also there will be some posts on the Instagram and on my Facebook from my trip to Mexico where I found some pretty cool antique video game stuff. Uh, otherwise, you can find me at Animal Surfboard on Twitter. You can find 
uh, the prank calls at Not Even a Show on YouTube and the videos at Wisecrack on also on YouTube and Party World Wrestling's at Party World Wrestling on Facebook. Um, anyways, that's the end of our show. Uh, and so I will say goodbye, Internet. My name is Lux. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Michael Allen Lyle. Your editor is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. Your art is by Brittany Metz. Thank you. We love you very much. Final Fantasy Nine. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>